we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. God, it's for you, Lord. We love you, God. We give you praise and honor, God. We thank you for your goodness. Oh, we are not ashamed of you, God. Amen, amen, amen. Welcome, everybody, to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt. We do three things every time we gather. So whether you're here with us in person or you're gathered online with us, we're so glad for those in person, those online. But we do three things. We've worshiped God together. That's number one. We are about to receive the word of God together. But then we aren't done before today's over. We're going to talk to God together, and we're going to ask him to do mighty things. Turn in your Bibles. Do you have Bibles today? I like churches that have Bibles. Bibles. It's really cool when you see these things. Do you know what these things are? There's paper in here, and it's it's amazing. These things are so cool. If you don't have one of those, we aren't here to make you feel bad. Go get your cell phone out, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts, and we're going to begin reading at chapter 29. I've got somebody, Savannah's going to come up here and actually help me read today. Can we hear it for a girl who just graduated high school? Girl, I need a mic. This girl, can I have that mic there? This girl right here, she graduated high school early. She's already starting college. A graduate work yet? Are you getting your doctorate yet? Did you get your Bible though? You had a Bible. Yeah, go grab that Bible. Yeah. Excellent. She's going to be doing reading for me. uh, The Word of God's important, right? We've got to get to the Word of God. We've got to build our lives on the Word of God. The Bible says that the Word of God is quick, it's alive, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So say amen when you found Acts 29. Go ahead and let's find it right here. We'll give her a little bit of time here. We're so, so thankful for Savannah. You find Acts, that's in the New Testament. Everybody found the book of Acts yet? Did you find chapter 29 yet? Say amen when you found chapter 20. Is there anybody that's found it yet? Anybody found chapter 29? Did you get it yet? We're going to read the last, the first verse of 29. Anybody got that? Any, anywhere? Anyone? What did we, are y'all saying we made a mistake? Oh, how embarrassing. So there, there is no Acts 29 in your Bible. Do you see that anywhere in your Bibles? It turns out that the book of Acts, Savannah, is how many chapters long? How many chapters long is the book of Acts? 28. You can hold that. You can hold that. Yeah. It's 28 chapters long. So since we can't find Acts 29, let's, let's read the last verse of 28. So it's... Acts 28 now, verse 31. Can you read that verse for us? You see that right there? Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding. All right, so that's the last verse of the book of Acts. Are we all in agreement? Here we got the NIV version. It's a little different. What are we reading here? It's New King James Version, right? All right, so... Let's compare now the end of this book, the book of, I'm so, I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know there wasn't an Acts 29. So let's look at the, how, how, I wonder how Matthew ends. Can you find Matthew? Everybody, turn in your Bible. We're going to go find Matthew together. Can we find Matthew? Book of Matthew. That's the first book in your New Testament. Did you know that? And we're going to go find the last verse. So if you find Mark, go to the beginning of Mark. 
and you'll find the end of Matthew. Where's the last verse of, of Matthew 28? Verse 20. What, read that one for us. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, so what's the last word of this chapter? You can say it. Amen. 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 Let, let's find the last word of Mark 16 and 20. Turn to Mark chapter 16. We're going to go to verse 20. Can we find that race? It's like a sword drill. If you were ever a Bible, uh, a Sunday school kid, you had sword drills. You didn't, you, if you don't know what that is, they weren't actual swords, but they were, they were Bibles. If you found that verse, you stood up first and you read it. It was great times. It got really competitive. What's the last verse? Mark 16 and 20. Read that out loud. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. What's the last word again? Amen. You're doing so good. You're like a pro. You're going to be still my job soon. Luke chapter 24. That's the last verse of Luke, verse, uh, verse 53. Turn to Luke 24, verse 53. Let's see this one. What's the last word here? We got it. Hurry, 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 everyone. Hurry in this. We got it. Yeah, my dad is like, I found it. He's, he's a sword drill champion. Verse 53, you're right there. Where did we find it? Verse 53, there it is, read it. And we're continually in the temple, praising and blessing God, amen. Amen, everyone said amen. It's, there's that word again. Let's go to John, the last verse of John. It's in 21 and it's verse 25. Let's go to that one, John 21. I'm getting y'all to touch your Bibles, guys. Y'all gotta touch this Bible. You gotta know this word. John 21 Verse 25, what is it? You're almost there. You're getting there. John 19, we're getting there. We're getting closer. Acts 1, yeah, that, you're just, you're right there. There we go. Verse 25. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Amen. So that's, what are those first four books of the Bible called right there in, in Revelate, in, in, sorry, in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, what are those called? What are those called? You can say it. You the got Gospels. It. The Gospels. Those are the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each one of them, they end with the word Amen. Amen. But did Acts end in that word? It didn't. Well, what about an epistle, one of these letters? Let's go to Romans. Skip over Acts. Go to Romans, everybody. We're going to go to the last verse of Romans. It's chapter 16. When you're there, say Amen. All right, Romans 16. We're going to read verse 27. No fair, I had sticky pages. All right, there we go. Verse 27, read it. To God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go to the very last. Let's jump to the very last. What's the last book of the entire Bible? What is it? Revelation, go to the last verse of your entire Bible. Last verse. Let's, let's study this here. Last verse of your entire Bible, it is Revelations 22, and it's verse 21. Let's read that one. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Can we give her a hand? She's done really good putting up with me. You can take that. Yeah, go take that right down there to them. Thank you so much. What, is, what, what are we pointing out here? Here's what we're pointing out. The word amen, what does it mean? It means... It means what? It means truly or so be it. 
It's a little bit, both of those things. So one of the things about it is when you see the word amen, it's like everything I said was true. You can count on it. And without, it kind of is a, the end to the story. Do you see that? I wrote this and now I've stopped and you can count on all of it. So be it all the things that were promised, let them happen. And we end it with an amen. All of it, it signifies the end of that writing when they write the word Amen. Everybody follow that so far. The Gospels, they all ended in the word amen. The letters, those are the epistles. They all end in the word amen. And Revelation, the very end of your Bible, it ends with the word amen. But the book of Acts has no amen. Somebody say that. Acts has no amen. I'm not saying that the writing of Acts isn't truly true. No, I'm saying that It's got no the end. Your book of Acts has no the end. Why doesn't Acts have an amen at the end? Because the book of Acts is the actions of the apostles. It is the actions of the church of Jesus Christ. The works of the church of Jesus Christ have not ended. The story of God moving on the earth has not come to a close yet. You get, you get to the end of a movie. Have you ever gotten to the end of the movie and you were so sad to see it end? Or maybe the movie ended in a bad way and you're like, no, it can't end now. I remember I, I showed Infinity War, Avengers of Infinity War to my children. And we got to the end where, spoiler alert, everybody turns to dust. And then the, it went black. My kids were like, waited with bated breath. What's going to happen to redeem this story? And the credits rolled. And I remember a certain young child that will go unnamed went, what? It can't be over. It can't be. Did you see what happened to Black Panther? It can't end like this. I'm telling you, there's some stories that they're, they're just over. And it's a really sad thing. I've got good news for you. The book of Acts has not ended. If it had ended, man, that would be a sorry ending. That would be a bad ending. No, I'm telling you, the book of Acts, the story of God's church, it ends beautifully. Spoiler alert. Are you ready for a spoiler? Here's the end of the church story. Jesus Christ comes back and wins every victory for us. Jesus Christ raises everyone from the dead. Jesus Christ brings new life into everybody. And he throws the enemy into a pit. And the earth is beautiful and at peace. Now that's a good story. We ought to see that story. One day we will see that story. But not yet. Not yet. Somebody say it's not over. So I told you to turn to Acts 29. I'm going to ask you again. Turn to Acts 29. Turn Acts, it's not in your word, it's not in your book, it's in this room right now. Look at somebody say, you're Acts 29. You're Acts 29, that's you. You're, you're the, you follow right after chapter 28. You're the one that we're looking for. You're the next, you're the next verse, you're the next story. Do we, do we really know what all this means? What it means is that the Lord is not done. He is the living God. That's present tense, right? He is alive right now. And he is not done working in the world. So guess what? You should dust off your Bible. I want you to go to Acts right now. We're going to walk through Acts right now. Who wants to walk through Acts with me today? Even if you don't, we're going to, we're going to do it anyway. Here it is. I want you to dust off your Bible because the Bible 
is a book that is still being written. God is still carrying out the actions. There are still prophecies in this book that will come to pass in your lifetime. Do you realize how exciting that is? Well, you won't realize how exciting that is if you never read the thing, if you never look in the thing. And your story is going to be, it can be as exciting as Peter's story, as Paul's story, as the stories that we're about to look at. Your life, your family, and your church, and your city can be just as exciting as this. Why? Because it's not over. It's not over. So we're going to look together. Turn to Acts chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 8. 1 and verse 8. Jesus, it's in red letters. Do you know Jesus is alive and well in the book of Acts? Red letters don't just appear in the Gospels. Red letters appear in a book of Acts church. We need a church that still has red letters where Jesus Christ is talking to us. And verse 8, he says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Is this, is this an amen? Is this over? Or is this still happening? I want to tell you, there are, there are churches all over the place that think that this time has passed away. But we need to stand up and be a church that says, yes, This still happens. That God's power is still being poured out in those that are filled with the Spirit of God. You will receive power. Do you realize it doesn't say you're going to be near power? It doesn't say you're going to see power. No, it's going to say you receive the power. God wants you to have this power working in your life. Go to the next chapter, Acts chapter 2. You know I love Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Is there an amen on this or is this still possible? In Acts chapter 2, God's Spirit not only fills the room, it would be great if God just filled this room and He does when we worship and when we seek Him. But He does so much more than fill a room. He fills every life that's in the room. God wants to fill every life of every believer in this room and in his church and in your city and in your home. God's not done with that. Acts 2 verse 41. We'll jump to the end of this. There's a lot of great stuff that happens in this verse. But look at this. Verse 41. Those who accepted his message. Peter got up and preached to them about Jesus. What happened? They were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. How many people? Acts chapter 2, they started with 120 believers, but they added how many? 3,000. Does anybody believe that those kind of revivals are still present here on the earth? There is no amen at the end of your chapter. There's no amen at the end of this book. So we need to be looking for that kind of revival. It can happen. Who wants it to happen? Acts chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. Two guys just minding their own business. They're on their way to church. They're on their way to have a prayer meeting at the temple. And verse 6 and 7 happens. Let me find it on this page here. There it is. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, and but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet 
and ankles became strong. Y'all know what happened in this story? There was a lame man who always laid by the gate and everybody saw this guy. He couldn't walk. He was lame. He was disabled. But Peter walks up and said, I don't have any money, but I do have something. And in the name of Jesus, he lifts him up and the man becomes healed. He runs into the temple telling everybody that Jesus Christ has done this wonderful thing for him. Is that still possible today, church? Acts chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. People get angry sometimes. You would think everybody would celebrate a miracle. I've got a news for you. Not everybody celebrates a miracle. We could be absolutely in the will of God, preaching absolutely what God wants us to preach and have people come after us. And here's proof of it. Acts 4, 3 and 4. They seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message, what message? The message of the man healed. The message of God doing one thing. The message believed. And the number of men grew to about 5,000. What started with 120 grew to 3,000. It grew in five to 5,000. Is this still possible? I'm telling you, it is possible because this word is true. They were persecuted, but they were still exploding in growth. And they were full of boldness. Now these men were thrown in jail. These men were being persecuted. Now read verse 12. They ask Peter to stop. Stop all this. What does Peter tell these guys? He looks at them and he says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. What name, I wonder, is, is Peter talking about? Does anybody know? Let me ask you, is, does the name of Jesus still save people? Or has that ended? Is there an amen on the powerful name of Jesus? No, I'm telling you, when you tell people about the name of Jesus and you pray for people in the name of Jesus, Acts 4 can happen to you. It can happen in your life. Looking on, we're moving. Next chapter, chapter 5. Do you know every chapter in Acts is like this? Every chapter is like this. Oh, let every chapter of our life be like this. Acts chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented with evil spirits and a few of them. Every once in a while, what does it say? It says, all of them were healed. Clap your hands for that kind of God. That kind of God is still alive and well. There is no the end to this kind of God activity. Do you realize they threw these guys in jail? Nevertheless, 
Do you realize that these people were not the upper echelon of their society? But nevertheless, God moved and more and more people believed on the Lord. And can you imagine the faith of these people? They brought out sick people and they laid them on cots. They laid them on mats and they laid off beds. What are you doing? I'm carrying the bed outside. Why are you doing that? Because Peter's about to walk by. Do you realize that what was in Peter is supposed to be in you? We read Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That same spirit and that same power is for every person today. Somebody say it's true. true. We're talking about Acts chapter 29. In Acts chapter 6, the church fed their community. The church said, you know what, what we have, let's get it and let's take it to the community. And they, they were fed by people in the church. They didn't hire the workout. The people in the church said, I'll go and do that. And you know what, they reached people that were widows. They reached people that were on the lower class of society. They reached people that had no hope. And they crossed over racial barriers as they did it. And young people... Young people stepped up and they ministered the word of God. And they ministered the the food to these people. And God moved mightily in young people like Stephen and in Philip as they served the community. What else happens? It says in this chapter that the word of God increased. I want to tell you, I think God wants to increase his word. Not just by his preaching another sermon, but by us living out the word of God this is the book that tells us to go love our neighbor this is the book that goes to tell that says if people need a coat don't just give them a coat give them your jacket too to go give everybody in need something that's this book has there been an end to that or is that still the church of Jesus Christ today Acts chapter 7 there's a death it's not all cupcakes rainbows and pizza parties in the church There is a death in Acts chapter 7. Stephen, I just said his name. One of the young people who was feeding widows. He was doing his best. He was an absolute minister and a sweetheart of a person. Everybody saw this guy and was blown away. But not everybody. There were also enemies of the church. And they saw Stephen and they attacked Stephen. And he becomes the first martyr of the church. He becomes the first martyr. That means he died for his faith. Do we have that kind of boldness to die for our faith? Acts chapter 7 verse 58. Look at this. Even while something so tragic is happening, look what is powerful and life changing. Verse 58, Acts 7. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. Somebody say Saul. So these people, they're about to pick up boulders and they said, I really want, I really don't want to be encumbered because I want to hurt this kid. They take off their coats, they lay them at the feet of Paul, of Saul, and they say, please watch this stuff. I'm about to go do something terrible. Verse 59, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed. Look at this prayer and let me know if it looks familiar. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Verse 60, then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Even in death, he powerfully 
testified to every one of those people. And one of those people, his name was Saul. We'll get back to him in a second. Let, let's move on to the next chapter, chapter 8. So now there's like a scattering of people. Verse 4 and 5, Acts 8. Those who had been scattered. What is another word for scattered? I would say this, running for your life. There's a guy named Philip. Did I mention him earlier? Yeah, he was one of the young people who was feeding people in Acts chapter uh, 7. Acts 6. And so he is running for his life, but he's not just running for his life. It says they preach the word wherever they went. Even when they're running for their life, they're still about the father's business. Verse 5. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. You know, you remember Samaria? You remember there's a woman at the well in Samaria? Do you remember that the disciples weren't too keen about being in the area of Samaria? There was a racial issue happening right there. But Philip went right to Samaria. And who did he preach there? Did he preach a denomination there? Did he say, I want to tell you about the Lutheran church, the Baptist church, the Episcopalian church? The Assembly of God Church, the Catholic Church, the First Church of the Holy Something Church. All these churches everywhere. But, but what did he in Acts chapter 8 tell them about? He told them about one thing. He told them about the Messiah. Somebody named the Messiah for me. They scattered, but they preached. And Philip goes to Samaria and he preaches Jesus. I want to tell you, that still needs to be the message of the church. Jesus needs to be the message of the church. What happens in Acts chapter 8? Make it short. Here it is. The whole city, all of the city repents. All of the city believes. All of the city gets baptized. All of the city gets healed. Everybody in the city that has a demon, they get set free. Every bit of that happens. Then, that wasn't even up. You see, some of us would have been totally satisfied with, with that kind of revival. But do you know what happens real quick? Philip calls back to Jerusalem and says, we're having some success down here, but we haven't gotten all the way yet. You know what, I'm, you know what happens? Read your Bible. It's Acts chapter 8. He says these words, none of them have yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to stop until the Holy Spirit gets into the lives of every one of these people. And so Peter and John come come from Jerusalem. They lay hands on these people. And every one of them. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. Is it a different Holy Spirit? Or is it the same Holy Spirit. That Jesus spoke of in Acts chapter 1. Is it the same Holy Spirit. That showed up in Acts chapter 2. Is it the same Holy Spirit. That showed up so boldly in Peter. In Acts chapter 3 chapter 4. Somebody tell me. It's the same Holy Spirit. There's a cool other story with Philip that goes, the Ethiopian eunuchs are absolutely fabulous, but we're moving on. Acts chapter 9, Saul. Saul's still around, but he's gotten worse. He's not just holding coats now. He's got decrees to go to every city and every believer in Jesus' name. He has the authority to imprison them. He has the authority to, to doom them to their death in a prison. Do you understand this? That's Saul, this is bad news. But God, his power is not ever going to end. Look at this, chapter 9, verse 3 through 5. Look at it in your word. As he neared Damascus on his journey, this is Saul, suddenly a light from heaven 
flashed all around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Verse 5, Saul says this, who are you, Lord? This is a religious dude, but he doesn't even know who the Lord is. And Saul asked, who are you, Lord? And the voice comes back. This is my favorite response. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Long story short is this. That, name, that guy named Saul, who was a villain, who was an enemy of the church. The Bible says to love your enemies, to pray for your enemies. Jesus said that, and the book of Acts church decided to live that out. And so a man named Ananias prays for this Christian killer, and scales fall off this blind man named Saul, and he is baptized. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he starts going by the name Paul, because now he's going to preach to every Gentile. Acts chapter 10. God erases a racial divide yet again. God speaks to a Gentile. That means a non-Jew named Cornelius. And he says, send for a Jew named Peter. At the same time, God speaks to Peter. Don't you love it when God does this? You listen. Book of Acts church, listen to me. God is going to talk to the person you're going to witness to at the same time he talks to you to go witness to them. If God has put in your heart to go talk to someone, it means that God has already gone before you. He is preparing the way for you. Be bold. Be book of Acts. At the same time, God speaks to Peter and prepare his heart to see God move and move in new people. So we got a Gentile. We got a Jew. They aren't supposed to hang out ever. They aren't supposed to be in the same house together. They definitely aren't supposed to eat together. But yet, here's God. Peter preaches to the Gentiles. He goes into their home and he preaches Verse 44 through 46. Look at it. While Peter was still speaking these words, he wasn't even done with his sermon. He might have had a few more points, Jeff. He might have had a few more points he was going to bring out. But he couldn't even get done with what he was saying. The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. I want to tell you, I want that kind of revival. I want that kind of move of God. Where we just aren't. We're not done with worship service and God just takes it. He says, I'll take it from here. Well, we're not done with the word of God, but the Holy Spirit would come into people's lives and they would be outpoured with that same Holy Spirit. Verse 45, the circumcised believers, that means the Jews who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Verse 46, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Real quick. That book of Acts church wasn't weirded out by speaking in tongues. That book of Acts church wasn't weirded out by a racial person coming in that's different from you. That book of Acts church was not weirded out by miracles. That book of Acts church did not just talk mystically about a third person of a Godhead. No, they experienced all of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the first 10 chapters of the book of Acts. And every chapter is powerful from then on. Every book is, every chapter is powerful. Here's why. Because they preach Jesus and God's Spirit shows up. 
God, they preach Jesus and God's spirit shows up. Are you preaching Jesus? And are you allowing his spirit to show up? And do you still believe that this is possible? I want to tell you where we are, Acts 29. At the end of Acts 28, unlike all the, the books that we looked at in your New Testament, Acts 29 does not end with a so be it. It does not end with a the end. It does not end with an amen. That means that we are living Acts 29. We're coming to a close. Oh, what does this mean? Here's what it means. We need to be, have bigger faith. We need to have bigger faith. We need to have faith that God can do. Some of these things blew you away. Some of you didn't know these things. Did you not have a Bible? You did have a Bible. Read it. Bring it into your heart and say, God, I believe you can still do this. Have bigger faith and expect. Do we expect God to do this? We need to expect God to show up just like this. We need to expect God to use young people out of nowhere to, to just blow atheists away, to blow the religious community away, to blow people that think they know God but have not fully received him yet, to blow them away. Acts has no amen. That means that at your school, the book of Acts can show up. We're getting ready to have school. Before today's over, I want to pray for every teacher. I want to pray for everybody that's going back to school. I want to tell you the book of Acts, it has no amen. It will walk right into your school. Your, the book of Acts can happen at a lunchroom table. You can look someone in the eye and tell them, I believe in Jesus. And they say, I don't know about all that. I've been going through problems. And they say, I, I believe that Jesus will help you with your problems. Can I pray for you? That's book of Acts. It can happen. It should happen. We want it to happen. I'm telling you, everybody says that, that we can't have prayer in school. That's not true. We have to have Christians show up in the school and start praying. Nobody can stop you from praying in school. Do you know that nobody can stop you from having a Bible study in school? Go do it. You can have a Bible study in school before class, after class, during lunch. You can have it all the time. And not only that, the Holy Spirit will show up in your life as you do it. Your job. This can happen at your job. Do you know that God can heal someone at your job? That God can save someone at your job? You don't have to bring someone to church to see God move. It can happen at your job. Can it happen in your home? Oh, who wants it to happen in their home? The other day, I remembered a story of a little house out in Johnson City, Texas. Anybody ever been to Johnson City, Texas? Jeff, my friend from Australia, ever been to Johnson City, Texas? It's a beautiful place. There's about five houses there. No, there's more than that. But. but my aunt and my uncle were a pastor in a small church that they were just starting in Johnson City. And on a day, not a Sunday, they were in their home and family came over and they were just having sandwiches. They were just having a lunch. But something happened in that home out of nowhere. God's spirit showed up in that living room. And little children in a home, 
not in a church service, not at a VBS vacation Bible school, not, not with laser light shows and big guitars playing. No, just in a simple, ordinary home with the couch. Somebody knelt on that couch. An entire family was filled with the Holy Ghost, Book of Acts style, in a home. Clyde Fluid, whose family was that? It was my family. It was my dad. It was my grandparents. It was my uncles and aunts. It was my family. Oh God, let the Holy Spirit show up in our homes while we're, while we're just, could we just turn off the Netflix for a moment and let God speak to us in our homes, open up our word and say, God, this is what your word says. Look at our children and say, do you see this story? We believe God can still do this. Raise your hand right now if you're going to give God permission to move in your home. God, you have permission. I don't know what kind of home you live in. You might live in a condominium. You might live in an apartment. You might be in like renting a room from somebody. You might be squatting on somebody's couch. I don't care what your home looks like. God can move in your home because you're living in Acts 29. Every part of your daily life. Every part of your daily life. I have one more verse and then we're going to come to this altar. Got one more verse. This isn't in Acts. This is in John chapter 14. It's the words of Jesus. Do we believe the words of Jesus? Reading it from the NIV. John 14 and 12. It says very truly I tell you. Whoever. Believes in me. Will do the works I have been doing. And will do. Even. Greater works you'll listen because I've heard preachers I've heard churches try to explain this verse away because they aren't seeing it in their life they try to explain this verse away I've seen some people say oh that means that he's just going to preach the gospel and leading someone to a sinner's prayer is is equal to what Jesus was doing no this is the Jesus that that formed eyeballs out of dirt put him in a man's eyes this is the this is a Jesus who walks up to people and says get up we're walking we're going this is a Jesus who calls fishermen and makes them great this is a this is a Jesus who walks on water this is a Jesus who does the impossible this is a Jesus who gives knowledge of G of God that no one has ever heard before I'm telling you that what Jesus says you need to believe he says whoever believes in me, will do the very works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things. It would be enough, Jesus, if we were just doing the works you've been doing. But God, you've even promised greater things. Would you stand on your feet today? Who wants greater? Who wants greater? These altars are open right now. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.